Hello everyone, and it's glad, I'm glad to be back. Um, thank you very much for the great response that we had to our last podcast concerning uh, Buddha Nature, the three aspects of Buddha Nature. So I'm going to continue on that a little bit today. And, and what we'll get to is that I, I want to bring it into a famous uh, Zen um, question uh, that, you know, that they use during the concept of uh, koan practice, which is a question that needs to be answered um, both with one's physical body and not with the intellect, but as an expression of Buddhist practice. That That's how when a person studies Zen Buddhism, uh, they must express it in such a way without the intellect or long-winded conversation or explanation. So, And also to, to physically be able to represent a concept. So I'm going to talk with that about the idea of Buddha nature and also the way that uh, our, our tradition of Tendai from Master GD, that uh, how he would look at that question. Okay? So, important thing that in, in the last part that we talked about the concept of the threefold Buddha nature, and we use this in the context of how to interpret you know, a lot of different Buddhist concepts uh, in terms of you know, the different categories and, of course, the threefold dharma. So, in Tendai Buddhism, especially Master Tendai, they always use this basic threefold pattern that is actually the most basic one that you can always remember because in reading that, you sometimes make your eyes go cross with how many different uh, patterns and different explanations. However, there there is a very basic formula that you have to understand when reading uh, Master Tiantai's teachings and understanding Tiantai Buddhism with the Lotus Sutra. So the basic threefold pattern uh, that we can see that all the other threefold patterns are built on are the basic of reality, wisdom, and practice. And it's important to know that these are not separate. And again, this is one of the main teachings and, and concepts of Tiantai, is that it's a synergistic relationship. So they're all working together. They're not separate. Um, that basically makes among them, in a sense, a, a way and also a um, how do you say a way to protect practitioners from giving such simplistic treatment uh, to such a concept of Buddha nature and whether or not Buddha nature exists or does not exist, because. Many people don't understand that actually in Tendai Buddhism, in order to become a master uh, priest, that simply, for instance, learning how to chant the sutras and that is not enough to be able to correctly teach. Uh, and also in Nichiren Buddhism, the idea of shonen, which means upper or important person, uh, for one you know, it's not the same kanji as Nichiren Shonen because, of course, Nichiren Shonen's characters were given given to him because of his amazing contributions as a Buddhist teacher, uh, but by the emperor. And that is special kanji that all Buddhist founders have. But in the idea of in Nichiren Shu Buddhism, when one becomes a Shonen, that means that they have mastered the uh, three aspects of Tendai training. Uh, what they are, are basically the Lotus Sutra, 
the Maka Shikan, which also includes Shikan meditation, and of course, debate. Those are the main teaching, main, uh, how do you say, standards that they have for teachers. So, before one could take on students, before one could actually teach, uh, they had to master these three aspects. So, in in looking at this, a lot of times, uh, Buddhism, because most practitioners, most Dharma teachers have not gone through this specific training, because now in modern times, Buddhism, like in Christianity, is based on the university system. So basically, someone goes to the university uh, and gets a master's degree in Buddhism. Uh, you know, and of course, during that time, they they study Tendai, and also we have tests uh, for basic Buddhism and advanced Buddhism. That the advanced one is, of course, based on uh, Tendai Buddhism, but a lot of times it comes down to just simply memorizing where. In the pre-times, pre-modernization of Japan, uh, people had to have ex experiential understanding, experiential practice. That means they had to have attained uh, an insight or an awareness or manifested the practice in their life uh, and, of course, studied uh, the traditional methods which would allow them to correctly uh, transmit those teachings in order to become a Dharma teacher. So in the modern times that has changed. However, uh, at Enkyoji we are of course uh, going to that more traditional standard. So when we look at Master Tiantai, it's very important to know that it's very different than Zen Buddhism. So what is the main difference between Zen Buddhism? And I'll leave this for another podcast, but simply I'll tell you, Zen Buddhism, because of the awareness or the goal, is very different to that of Tiantai or Nichiren Buddhism. The reason why is because Zen Buddhism can be an awakening that can be done without the Dharma. That's why sometimes you'll see uh, in Zen Buddhist writings where they'll uh, destroy a Buddhist statue or destroy Buddhist scriptures, etc., and say that uh, the true Dharma is not the spoken Dharma. So therefore, uh, they believe on a different attainment. But in Nichiren Buddhism and Tendai Buddhism, it must be based within the Lotus Sutra. So we have a very specific uh, base for our practice. So therefore, that's why they would call it Lotus uh, Samadhi as compared to regular Samadhi or awakening. So to Master GD, the Buddha nature, which is synonymous with the Ekayana, Ekayana principle, which is the idea of the one vehicle, that we're all beings are able to attain enlightenment within the vehicle, of course, as taught in the Lotus Sutra, which unites all, all traditions of Buddhism under the guise and promise and teachings and truth and essence of the Lotus Sutra as taught by the Eternal Buddha. So, of course, as we said, Buddha nature is synonymous with the Ekayana principle of the one Buddha vehicle. And within that is the promise of Buddhahood for all beings. Uh, and it's important to know that it's not static entity. It's not static. It, it's not just by itself. It exists by itself. And yet, one cannot say that it does not exist when we look at Buddha nature. So Buddha nature is not static. And when you look at it, you can also say, you cannot say that one that it does not exist. So Buddha nature, as we see it in this concept is a much bigger part of 
a really large or big mind or larger world experience, which includes all the other dharmas and involves the three main aspects that he speaks of. The three main aspects are the way things are, the wisdom to perceive them correctly, and the practice required to attain this wisdom. So if we go back to, again, as I stated, the basic threefold pattern that is just a uh, deeper explanation of reality, wisdom, and practice. Now, this is really essential because this is the basis for Nichiren Shonen's discussion and uh, debate against the other schools, uh, especially during that time. And that it's important to know that we, the, the last one, which is that we have the practice required to attain the wisdom. So many people may not understand, but uh, okay, so in ancient times, uh, and also uh, during now, there would be kind of, uh, how would you say, different uh, practices that would take over the Buddhist uh, intellectual community, that they would become kind of trends. <laughs> And that biggest trend during that time was the concept of hongaku, which meant original enlightenment. Now, this is practiced and studied in a lot of other traditions, uh, and it's seen as such. Uh, this means the original enlightenment, that because we see that we have Buddha nature, or that we believe in the Buddha nature, which can be done or uh, grown by the precepts, we are, in fact, uh, once we realize that we are Buddhas, because that Buddha nature is there, so once we realize it's there, that's a kind of awakening. But Nichiren's main point was, is that the only true awakening of that Buddha nature is, it can be only understood and uh, experienced through the basis of the Lotus Sutra. So that's why they call it the Maha Awakening, the Great Awakening, which is quite different than the awakening that's done just by simply observing the falling of the leaves or the birth, death uh, of flowers, etc., which we could then understand the basic uh, samadhi, or basic awakening was the, uh, the, the ability to be, go beyond birth and death. So, the biggest thing was, in Nietzsche and Shonen's point, was there was practice that was needed. So, you may or may not know that at one time, this original enlightenment, they used it in the fact that anything they did, including some of the monks of Mount Hiei, which is why Mount Hiei in Kyoto, which is the headquarters of Tendai, was burned uh, many times, uh, specifically by the rulers of Japan, because they had amassed such an army uh, that would, for instance, hold Kyoto, which was the capital at that time, hostage, and that if they didn't like something, they would simply come down and burn everything. So uh, the monks had become sohi, or what's called the warrior monks, based on this principle of uh, original enlightenment. If you watch the movie Zen, which is about the Master Dogen's life, you'll see the sohi. They wear their kesa on their head and usually carry um, large halibuds, Naginatas, and also they were uh, extremely tall geta. So they are they were the ones that practiced this kind of original enlightenment with the Buddha. I mean, uh, Nichiren Shonen saw this as the, the destruction, especially in the decadent Dharma age, where people used that premise to c commit all kinds of atrocities and, of course, destroy 
the fabric of Buddhism in Japan. So that's what Nichiren Shonen was specifically saying, and that in his life, the practice, that, and, and that's why Nichiren Shonen was the master that brought these threefold aspects together, in that he lived the practice in his life. He lived his faith in his life. That was his practice. That is what manifested his awakening. Uh, as compared to someone who simply studied the teachings or took the precepts. Uh, and that's the idea of the, the threefold part, is that if you look at it, seeing things as they are, that's one aspect through meditation, wisdom, being able to perceive them correctly, but that we many of them did not see that wisdom must have been uh, brought about by the correct practice which brought about the correct wisdom. What was your wisdom based on? Was it based on what teaching? And that's, of course, why Nichiren Shonen is constantly bringing it back to the concept of teaching. That if your teaching is based on one of the expedient teachings, it's not the true essence of the Buddha. And this is what Nichiren Shonen was stating. But a lot of times people may look at Nichiren Shonen as that was you know, his type of, uh, as a type of arrogance. But actually he was quoting what many masters had done before, but they didn't have the, um, how would you say, we would say chutzpah, the kind of characteristics of practice in their daily life, where, you know, you had the great teachings and lectures of Master Tantai, then you had Master Saicho of the founder of Tendai in Japan, bring uh, Tendai to Japan, and all the masters of India, but what was the major significance of Nichiren Shonen was that he manifested it in his life, in that he took the vow of the Buddha as the Bodhisattva from underground and manifested it into reality. And his life was practice, and they were synonymous with each other. You didn't see uh, Nichiren Shonen going for uh, any doing anything other than living his life for practice based on that concept of Buddha nature. So, when we back to the question that I was going to bring back, so many people would say. How how do you think that Master GD would have answered the question, the Zen question of does does a dog have Buddha nature? And it's interesting because even though this arose a lot later in history and under, of course, different social and historical circumstances, but you may have to understand that he would have taken the middle way and answered yes and no. And in... In his writings, you'll find this idea out when we were talking about the idea of emptiness, the idea of causal nature, and of course, that allows us to understand the middle way. And of course, if he was to explain it further, he would have taken that idea uh, and concept further with that idea of the middle way. And with actually thinking of that idea of both no and both yes, uh, both yes and no, both uh, yes and no, and neither yes or no, it allows us to understand that in this case, such and such a practice would help you strive to realize the wonderful and sublime teachings of the Buddha. Now, you may see that what is that directing you to? That's directing you to the concept of Namu Myo Horen Gekyo, of which, what what was the correct teaching for the correct time? And you'll see Nichiren Shonen talking of that. And of course, answering with the threefold truth in the idea of, as I stated, that basic threefold truth of reality, wisdom, and practice. 
And, you know, while there is not necessarily any Buddha nature because everything is empty, as we saw with Shamatha, uh, of, and, and everything is nature of, of, of just an own being, and everything is subject to dependent arising, co-arising, coexisting with others, interdependence. But yet there is Buddha nature that is convention in the conventional sense that all beings have the potential to become Buddhas. And that is only according to the Ekayana principle, the idea of the Lotus Sutra. And that it also states that in Jigage that they are destined to do so. That's very important. So to realize the truth in, in the statement is the idea of the middle way. So even though, you know, in Zen Buddhism, a lot of times, for instance, that idea of Buddha nature, they would simply make a statement of Mu, which means, as in Namu, Mu, the character, means emptiness. And depending on how one understood it, the master would uh, accept it or not. Even though it's not as simplistic and it seems more complicated than that, it is, in the truest sense, the bigger sense, the bigger sense of the mind, the bigger mind, I would say. And if we are able to bring our attention back to the importance of the correct practice to realize one's true Buddha nature we would see that Nichiren Shonen specifically believed this idea. So, and again, with the idea of the original enlightenment, they didn't believe, because it was the Dharma ending age, that they needed to actually practice and any specific teaching. So in Tendai, uh, you can practice many different traditions. There are many different uh, vehicles within Tendai. But Tendai should have been, uh, you know, is based on the Lotus Sutra as the highest teaching. So... In Nichiren Buddhism, Nichiren Shonen was going back to perhaps even more orthodox Buddhism with the Master Tiantai and stating that only through one's practice, correct practice, now that's the biggest thing, correct practice, based on the Buddha's own words in the Lotus Sutra, would one be able to realize the true mind of the eternal Buddha, the true purpose of the Buddha, which as the Buddha states in the Lotus Sutra, that is the thinking of the only one thought. That is how to cause all, all sentient beings to attain enlightenment. That is the one inspiration of the Buddha that is inspired through that teaching. So, you know, it's really fascinating because I don't think in the modern sense we really take into consideration how important what teaching we follow. Now, I have to admit, when I first started practicing Buddhism, coming from a Tendai or a Chinese Tiantai tradition, um, they had uh, multiple traditions. So when, when you would become a priest, you had to, I think, bow about 100,000 or 1 million times uh, to uh, Namo Amida Buddha uh, for rebirth in the Pure Land, that if your practice wasn't great enough in this life, you would be able to be assured uh, rebirth in the higher realm in the um, Pure Land. Uh, and also that was seen as kind of a repentance and also um, uh, practice to purify oneself to actually become a member of the clergy. And it's really fascinating to see that because a lot of times you'll see that even like in Zen Buddhism, many people don't know that when most Zen teachers die, 
they don't use zazen or sitting meditation. They use the nembutsu, namo amida buddha, the pure land teachings, uh, at the moment of their death, as uh, how do you say reassurance that they will be reborn into the pure land and attain enlightenment. So I always found that to be very uh, confusing and, and contradictory because if the tradition worked, uh, why would they need to use a nembutsu? But the other thing that really brought me about was I didn't know the difference of how important, because in, in, in America, or I can only speak for myself, that you know we think the idea of equality of all things but actually, it's very important, and this is what we were talking about, about the uh, idea of how people use the discriminating mind. So, of course, discrimination is a bad word today, uh, because in the English language, as of 1866, it denoted the idea of discriminating against race. However, it was an interesting statement somebody made that, you know, discrimination means the idea of being able to see between proper and improper, especially with teachings. And in science, this was a very important way to analyze information. So, you know, to have an awareness mind, because even Master Chantai's teachings come down to the idea of seeing what is positive and what is negative to one's practice, right? And then being able to instill that and, and, and answer those questions and see that, through your Buddha nature, allowed you to move properly through the practice of Buddhism, making the correct uh, karmic decisions uh, in one's life. But, you know, you could see how it's so easy to uh, be kind of confused by the amount of Buddhist teachings that are out there. And and I think that, and this is where I've grown in appreciation of Nichiren Shonen's message, was that he was able to take that correct understanding for this period. Understand that the Lotus Sutra is meant to be taught during the declining Dharma age, which started, which they believe started around Nichiren and Shonen's time. That's why it became so important that that teaching, whatever we base our practice on, is what we will uh, the kind of awakening that we will attain, right? So it's interesting. One of my teachers said, Zen Buddhism doesn't necessarily mean Buddhism, okay? Because you don't really need the Buddhist teachings, how do you say, or Buddhist faith, right? So if you look at Nichiren Buddhism, the basis for Nichiren Buddhism is the idea of faith. That means we come to an understanding of the truth of the message of the Lotus Sutra. Uh, and in that truth, that is where we gain the correct practice, uh, the correct wisdom, right, and the correct outlook or realization as it is. Uh, and and that is really essential because, as you can see, there's a lot of characteristics of different traditions. Um, and 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 again, I'm not, uh, you know, putting all of Zen Buddhism into one uh, one category because that that's not correct because. Uh, there's a lot of different teachers, a lot of different methods of Zen and other traditions. But in just the basic concept, that, that is what Nichiren Shonen was speaking about, is why he chose, because Nichiren Shonen did study uh, these schools to find the correct answer. So he wasn't just that he picked up one book and he decided to have faith in that book. He really studied and practiced and experienced for us. Hence, a teacher has experiential practice. So therefore, uh, I hope this was a good continuation of the idea of Buddha nature. 
And uh, I hope it's been helpful uh, in allowing you guys to have a deeper perception of that and in relation to our Nietzschean and Buddhist practice. And again, thank you to everyone for the great support. It's really inspirational and helps me uh, to uh, make sure I make these podcasts for you and do my research and study uh, to find out what people are interested in learning. Uh, And especially, uh, I appreciate all of you for learning and practicing Buddhism. Uh, that is a very big challenge and difficult for one to do, especially in these times. It's much easier to just become jaded and uh, angry. But instead, we should show the true way of liberation for all beings, and that is through the Buddha's message. So, thank you very much, everyone. Namu Myoho Renge Kyo.